Good morning, everyone. Everybody have a great week? Well, there's still time for God to do something. Hallelujah. It can happen before dark. Amen. Praise God. I got to watch most of the first service, and if you weren't here, the Holy Ghost and Justin had recess. Amen. I got tickled at him. He said his favorite subject in school was recess. My favorite subject was gym. P.E. If it hadn't been for P.E., I'd have never seen an A my whole school career. (laughs) Thank God for P.E. Amen. All right. So he had recess. Maybe we'll do some exercise. Hallelujah. Thanks for being here this morning, and we welcome everyone who's uh, watching by live stream. We welcome you, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to impart into your life. I received the word of the Lord on October the 3rd, just a few days ago, regarding 2021. I did not know that I would be sharing it today, uh, but the Lord impressed me that it was time. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And uh, I've received several words from the Lord uh, since October the 3rd, and I want to read them to you. Recently, while in a time of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I heard him speak these words. A new era has begun, and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen or heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth, and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand, for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. A new era will be marked by many triumphant victories. It's what I've planned, so just rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Just decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then a few days later, actually just a few days ago, while I was in Visalia, California, October the 7th, 2020, I heard the Holy Spirit say again, Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun. And I've planned marvelous things for you in 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day, so rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed, so stay in faith and get ready to receive. And no one, allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Just look, keep looking to me and I'll have my way. Hallelujah. And then flying back from California, on October the earth, October the earth, October the 8th, I was flying around in the earth, okay? 
flying back home from California, I heard these words, October the 8th, 2020. Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over what shall come. The battle is mine, I've already won. Contrary to what you see and what you shall hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance and overflow, that's my plan and it shall be so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now yesterday, I spent most of the day in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I was in my study just about the entire day and just listening to the Spirit of God. And uh, I went to bed last night with things I'd heard in my spirit on my mind. And then I was awakened by the Holy Spirit this morning at about 2.30. And once again, he said to me, this is your theme for 2021, abundant overflow, and it's already begun. Everybody say abundant overflow. Well, then at seven this morning, I was impressed by the Holy Spirit to write the following words. A great shaking, a great shifting, a great displacing will take place in your nation. And then immediately following this, there will come a great awakening and a great outpouring. And then the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to write the definitions of those various words. Shaking, the act of causing something to be removed removed or be replaced. Shifting, the act of changing position or direction. Displacing, the act of laying aside someone and making room for another. Awakening, the act of becoming more attentive to the will, the plans, and the purposes of God. Outpouring, a sudden, rapid flow and barrage of God's spirit, God's power, God's anointing, God's love, and God's blessings. This is what you are to be watching for and what you are to be expecting as you enter into 2021. You will see it, says the Lord. And remember, when it happens that I told you beforehand, I'm in charge of the seasons, I'm in charge of the times, and my purposes shall be fulfilled. I have the power to raise up and the power to bring down. And no man, no government, and certainly no adversary will stop what I plan. So lift your voice now and praise me. And I have, and rest assured, I have everything under control. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what that does for you, but it has lit my fire. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say abundant overflow. Now, in the future, we'll have that on the, on the screens. 2021, abundant overflow. Now, the Bible actually has a lot to say about abundant overflow. And I want to challenge you today to become familiar with all the verses that you can find regarding this subject. And once you do, don't just read them. 
Write them down. Meditate upon them. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation regarding them. Declare them often and hold fast to them and refuse to let them go. So with that in mind, I want us to go first of all to the book of Joel. The book of Joel. I wrote some things down from a commentary on the book of Joel, and I think they're very interesting, and I think they're very important. This commentary said, unlike most prophetic writers in the Old Testament, Joel gave no explicit indication of his time period. That's why many scholars and and uh, 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 Theologians say that it is a word not only for Joel's day, but for all ages. His writings give some of the most striking and specific details in all of Scripture about the days of the Lord. He states that there would be days of extreme darkness, which is symbolic of evil and wickedness. He also talks about various plagues coming upon the land and how they will affect the well-being of the inhabitants of the land. He talks about how the people will need to stir themselves and arise out of their spiritual stupor and to no longer remain complacent. He states that if they'll do this, then God will do great things. I listed some of the things that Joel spoke about that God will do. Number one, he'll cause great peace to come to his people. Number two, he'll keep his people safe from all harm. Number three, he'll bring about an abundant overflow of blessings, including material and financial prosperity. And number four, he'll cause an outpouring of his spirit to come like the land has never experienced before. Once again, the writings of Joel are very important to our age. Amen. All it takes for us to experience all that God has promised is a true turning of our hearts to the Lord. And then he'll fulfill what he said in the book of Joel in our generation as well. Just like recorded in the book of Joel, God wants to revive us. He wants to bring a refreshing to us. He wants to restore all that has been stolen. And he wants to bring us into abundant overflow. It's been said that Joel was a prophet of judgment, a prophet of repentance, and a prophet of hope. It's also been said that his message relates not only to his day and to the people of his day, but it is a message for all times and all people. And that message is simply this. God will forgive. God will restore. If his people will truly repent And turn back to him. That's why you find Joel saying things like this. Joel chapter 1 and verse 2. Hear this. Give ear all ye inhabitants of the land. Verse 5. Awake. Verse 8. Lament. Verse 11. Be ye ashamed. Verse 13. Gird thyself. The message translation says. Listen closely everyone. Whoever and wherever you are. Sober up. Get in touch with reality. Round up everyone. Get them into serious prayer to God. And great things will take place. Hallelujah. So let's let's lift our hands right now. 
and say, Lord, I receive that. I will take heed to what you say. I will position myself and do whatever I need to do to bring honor to you, to keep my focus on you. And I fully expect all those promises to be fulfilled in my life beginning in 2021. And give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this is basically what Pastor Justin has been preaching about over the last several weeks. Revival. The church is in great need of revival today. Now, it's happening in certain parts of the nation. It's happening in other parts of the world. But it's not in the, the full um, measure, thank you, sir, that I believe we're headed for. Amen. God is moving. And I plan to be right in the middle of it. How about you? We don't have time to play church anymore. God's ministers must heed the message of the book of Joel. And that is sound the alarm. Why? Because the day of the Lord cometh. It is nigh at hand. Sound the alarm. Amen. People need to know perhaps more so today than ever before. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. This election in November is probably one of the most important elections of my generation, of your generation. Who stands in office over the next four years will determine a whole lot. Vote. Pray first and vote. Don't just vote because you're always, don't just vote Democrat because you've always been Democrat. Don't just vote Republican because you've always been Republican. Don't vote Democrat because your parents and grandparents were Democrat. Don't vote Republican because your parents and your grandparents were Republican. Pray and vote the way the Holy Spirit tells you to vote. Amen. Amen. This is an important election. If people will heed the warnings of God, as outlined in the book of Joel, then he promised to do great things. Joel 2.21 says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. And if you keep reading, you're going to discover between verses 21 and, and uh, 27, that abundant overflow is mentioned in those verses. It's very simple. If God's people will do their part, then God promises to do his part. And God's promises are absolute. Second Corinthians one twenty says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Yea and amen means affirmative, and so be it. God's promises will come to pass. In other words, you can count on them. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I feel it's, there's never been a, a time that's, been, that's more important than right now for God's promises to be fulfilled in the lives of his people. 
Having and experiencing abundant overflow means that you are flourishing in every area of your life. Does that sound good to anybody? Abundant overflow. When you're experiencing it, then you're flourishing in every area of your life. From financially, to your health, to your marriage, to your children, to your job, everything. Third John 2, the Passion Translation says, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. So God wants us to prosper in every way. And at the same time, he wants us to enjoy good health. Amen. Psalm 65, verse 4. I got a lot of scripture to share with you. Try to keep up. (laughs) Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. He shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. The Passion Translation says, those you've chosen will be greatly favored. Greatly favored implies to be generously favored and to be favored to an, an, an extra... Ex, I'm having trouble talking in English and I got tongues going on on the inside. Hallelujah. <laughs> greatly favored implies being generously favored and to be favored to an extraordinary degree or an extent. That sounds like abundant overflow. How about to you? Oh, abundant overflow literally means more than an adequate supply. This is what David was implying when he said, my cup runneth over. Psalm 23, 5. The message translation says, my cup brims with blessing. And brims means to overflow. More than enough. Overflow corresponds with superfluous, which means more than is needed or required. It also means to have excess. And excess means going beyond sufficient limits. It's a state of overabundance. Overabundance. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but this sounds good to me. Now, why does God want us to experience this? Is it just because he wants us to have everything we've ever desired? Well, the Bible does say if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But that's not the primary reason. Does he want it to happen to us just so that, you know, we can say, you know, pridefully, I got it made? No, that's not the purpose for it. The purpose in reality is so that we can finance this great move of God that's coming. Hallelujah. It's going to take a lot of money. A lot of money. Everybody say, a lot of money. To finance this great move of God. Amen. The body of Christ cannot be poor no more. (laughs) Amen. We need to be blessed beyond our wildest imaginations. That's why God wants us to experience abundant overflow. So that we can be a blessing to our church. So that we can be a blessing to others. 
And so once again, that we can help finance this worldwide revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Now, verses 21 through 27 talks about this abundant overflow. It talks about the restoration. It talks about the prosperity that's coming. But then it says in verse 28, and afterward, and afterward. Notice the abundant overflow must happen before the outpouring of the Spirit. Why is that? So we can finance it. Amen? So we can finance it. You know, um, I've studied revivals of the past. I've studied awakenings of the past. And when it happens, there is no one church that can hold all the people that will come into the knowledge of the truth. Years ago, the first time I went to Wales, the nation of Wales, I, uh, I had studied quite extensively the life of Evan Roberts and the great Welsh revival that broke out during his ministry. And I remember him saying in a book, or it was written that he said, in the book that I was reading, that he went into a little chapel and he said, God, I'm not leaving this place until you move upon my nation. And he prayed and he sought God and God answered him. And there was a major move of God that took place in that nation. Later, when I went there for the first time, when I arrived, uh, I didn't start my meetings until the following evening. So I had that day and most of the next day uh, free. And so my driver uh, asked me if there was anything I'd like to do. I said, I want you to take me to the chapel where Evan Roberts prayed for revival. So he took me there. And I sit in the little chapel I don't know that it was the very bench that he sat on, but somebody said it was. I sat there, and I just prayed in the Spirit for quite some time. And then I asked him, show me the city that this broke out in. So we drove around the community, and I was amazed at the number of churches that were there. Now, many of them were boarded up. Many of them were... Were, were just barely standing. And so then I got out of the automobile and I started walking around the town and asking people, can you tell me anything about the Welsh revival? And I was surprised that most people I asked didn't know anything about it. I said, you don't know anything about the Welsh revival? No. You mean your parents or your grandparents never told you anything about it? No. I said it affected the whole nation. As I understand, the pubs were shut down. The houses of prostitution were shut down. There was such a move of God, sin was not on the people's minds. Amen. Amen. And we pulled up in front of one church, uh, 
wood frame church, little small church, and I noticed an elderly couple. They were elderly then, they're not so elderly now, because they were my age now. But anyway, an elderly couple were out front, and they, were, they, they had a sickle, and they were mowing the grass with a sickle around the building. And so I, I asked to get out of the car, and I walked up to him, and I said, Sir, ma'am, can you tell me anything about the Welsh Revival? Boy, they lit up. Oh, you could see it all over them. They said, oh, yes. Our parents were close friends of Evan Roberts. And said, in fact, I have one of Evan Roberts' Bibles in my home where he wrote a note to my family, my parents. He said, would you like to see it? I said, yes, I would. And so they took me to their home. And we had tea and scones. And we talked about the Welsh Revival. And the more they talked about it, the brighter their faces got. They were so excited that somebody was interested. I said, well, folks, you may not live to see it, but there's another one coming that will be even greater than this. Amen. Amen. And then the next day, I asked them to take me to Reese Howell's Bible School. Reese Howell's was a great intercessor. Uh, One of my favorite books, one of the first books I read after I came to the Lord in 1969 was entitled Reese Howell's Intercessor. It was captivating. And I thought, if I ever get to go to Wells, I want to go to Reese Howell's Bible School, Bible College. So they took me there. Now, the college was shut down. The campus is still there. And uh, some of the people who went to that Bible college, now they were elderly, they were still living on the campus, taking care of the grounds. And so uh, one person I spoke to, they said, oh, uh, Brother Howes was an amazing man. He heard from God every day. In fact, during World War II, God would show him and tell him where the German soldiers were about to invade. And he had connections into the British military. And he would tell them so that they could uh, uh, prevent them from uh, storming that area. God would show him things in the spirit because he was a great intercessor. He spent most of his time on his face in the floor before God. They told me that his son Samuel was still living. They said, but he doesn't get out much. He just stays up in his room. He doesn't get out much. We take care of him. We bring him food. Uh, He doesn't get out much. And they said, would you like to walk around the campus? I said, sure. So we walked around the campus. They took me into the cafeteria. There were some ladies there that had been students in that school back in the day. And they were preparing sandwiches and tea. They invited me to join them, have some sandwiches and some tea. And they talked about the Welsh revival. Oh, it was exciting. And then one came to me and said, "Uh, Samuel heard you were here and he'd like for you to come see him. I said, Samuel knows who I am? They said, apparently so. When we said, Jerry Savelle is here, 
he asked to see you. And so they took me to his house, the same house that he grew up in. He came downstairs and he said, come, let's go into father's office. And so he took me into Reese Howe's office. He said, sit behind father's desk. I sat behind father's desk. He said, look at father's Bible. I looked at father's Bible. He said, look at father's notes. I looked at father's notes. I wish I'd have had a camera. I'd have taken a picture of them all. <laughs> this is before, you know, cell phone cameras. And it was just amazing. And, and he was so, he, he just lit up when somebody was interested in the move of God that had taken place there. He said, not many people come here and ask me about that. You're the rare one. Well, I wanted to know so I'd get some kind of idea of what's in store for us. But it's going to be bigger than that. It's going to be greater than that. Hallelujah. And you and I are going to be responsible for financing it. Now, if you think, you know, building a church is something, wait till God holds you responsible for financing this great move of God all over the world. That means you're going to have to be blessed. You're going to have to experience abundant overflow. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I receive it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, a lot of people have the mistaken idea that when we talk about prosperity and we talk about, uh, you know, being blessed financially, they think that we're materialistic in our thinking. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Even though God's not a, against us having things, he's not against us being financially well off. But you've got to keep it all in his proper perspective. Amen? Amen? God wants you to be a vessel. He wants you so blessed that you have more than enough to take care of you and your family. And you have plenty left over to take care of other families. But his main reason for blessing you and causing you to have abundant overflow is so that you can be involved in this great next move of God. Hallelujah. And folks, we're not talking about centuries away. We're talking about days and months away. Hallelujah. It's on us. I don't know about you, but every time I turn on the news, which I don't watch very often, and I see everything that's happening in our nation and around the world. The first thought that comes to me is this. Where sin abounds, grace does much more. God will never allow Satan to have the final say. Amen. Read the back of the book. We win. Amen. We win. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8 from the New English translation says this. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Now notice the overflow is coming to you so you can overflow in every good work. Thank you for your enthusiasm. 
Overflow is coming to us so that we can overflow in every good work. How many of you have ever had a desire to, to, to build the next wing on the church or ever desire to, to, uh, uh, finance the next revival, the next missions trip? And you just weren't able to do it. You know, our number one prayer today should be not God bless me. Our number one prayer should be God give me seed for sowing. Give me seed for sowing. Well, if you have seed for sowing, then that means you're blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I'll bless you and you'll be a blessing. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm praying right now for more seed for sowing. I expect overflow to come to me so I can overflow in every good work. Amen. You're going to be able to sow like you've always wanted to sow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I get in places and I, I hear pastors and congregations talking about, you know, we're believing to pay this building off. My first thought is, God, bless me to the point that I have more than enough to pay their mortgage off for it. That's just the way I think. And Carol and I, the ministry, have been able to do it several times. You know, one church I was in, they asked me to come and do their 20-year anniversary. And just before they turned it over to me, the pastor had everybody in the congregation stand up and say, this year, before the end of this year, our sanctuary will be paid off. And boy, when he said that, I just jumped on the inside. You know, it happened, it, it manifested on the outside too. I just jumped. My pilot was sitting next to me and he said, did God say something to you? I said, yes, he did. I said, just wait. He wanted to know what it was. I said, just wait. They turned the service over to me and I said, "Uh, Pastor, you said earlier that you thank God for sending me to your church. You've been believing for me to come for quite some time uh, and I'm an answer to your prayer. I said, well, sir, I just want you to know you're an answer to my prayer. He said, well, how is that? I said, well, I've been praying that God will send me to a place soon where I can pay the mortgage off for people that are believing that the mortgage will be paid off this year. And I'm in the right place. What do you owe? He told me what they owed. I said, you'll have a check in the mail this week. Praise God. That was so much fun. Amen. I said, that was so much fun. See, I got in the overflow so I could overflow in every good work. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't too long down the road that I was able to do it a second time to another church. Now, that'll get you a lot of invitations. <laughs> and I don't like being conned. You know, I'm, I'm a giver, but I don't like being conned. Okay? I like, like the, the guy <laughs> uh, wanted to go out and see my airplane before I took off. And... Uh, so I said, sure, you can come out to the airport and watch us take off. So he walked up to my airplane and laid his hands on it. 
He said, Lord, I received this airplane. I said, you what? He said, I received this airplane. I said, well, God hadn't told me to give it. He said, well, he will, and you now know who it belongs to. I said, well, I promise you this. When God tells me to give it, I will give it to whomever it belongs to. But I'm not sure it's you. And come to find out, it wasn't. (laughs) I did give it. But it wasn't to him. I don't like being conned. Amen. So God wants us to experience abundant overflow. Now, I'm I'm reading so much of my notes because I don't want to leave anything out. So just bear with me. God is giving us abundant overflow, not just so we can store it up but so that we can use it to bless humanity and use it to go toward the work of the Lord. And I'm encouraging you to start decreeing right now. We've already done so, but keep decreeing it. God is making me a vessel and he'll use me as a distributor of finances in this next great move of God. I want you to write that down. God is making me a vessel and he'll use me as a distributor of finances for this great and mighty move of God. As we enter into 2021, we need to realize that it's not a time to draw back. It's not a time to become lethargic. It's a time to draw closer to God. And as you do, then you'll need to, you'll not need to be fearful, nor will you need to worry about anything that you see taking place in the news. It's a lot of negative things taking place. Tony's homebrew. (laughs) (coughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Set you free. Hallelujah. (laughs) Chug a lug, chug a lug. (laughs) No, it's water and honey, okay? Yeah, water and honey, that's it. Soothes my throat. Hallelujah. How come you didn't already have this up here for me? To just make a fresh batch? (laughs) Okay. Moving right along. Let me back up. It's not a time to draw back or become lethargic. It's a time to draw closer to God. And as you do, then you'll have no need to be fearful, nor will you need to worry about what's happening in the nation right now. It will not come nigh you. It'll be a time of excitement, a time of great hope, and a time of unparalleled blessings. It's a time to shine his lights and to demonstrate to the world that there's no God like our God. If there was ever a time to be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might, it's right now. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, 29, from the message translation says, Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. Deeply reverent before God. Do you see what we have? An unshakable kingdom. Everything else is shaking. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. But we have an unshakable kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. Even though we're living in a time of unprecedented chaos, there's this is that is intensifying every day. We are also living in a time of unprecedented favor and blessing. It's abundant overflow time. Can you say amen? amen? It's abundant overflow time. Now, I want to encourage you. Don't allow anyone to lead you astray. I hear a lot of prophecies going on today. Some good, some wonderful, some powerful, some positive, some negative. I always like to say, it just depends on what camp you're in. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's some negative things about to happen. There's some terrible things about to happen. But God is telling us that if we will draw close to him, he will draw close to us. And it will not befall us. Amen. Jesus said, talking about the end, when his disciples asked him, show us signs of the end. He talked about all kinds of negative things that would be taking place. Right in the middle of it, he says, but see that you be not troubled. So that tells me that we can live in a world that is full of trouble and yet not be troubled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We live in a world that is full of trouble, trouble on every side. Yet we can live and not be troubled. Live in the same world where others are virtually pulling their hair out because they don't know what to do and where to turn. And we at the same time can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. That's what I choose to do. Amen. How about you? I choose to be full of joy. I choose to walk in his presence. I choose to stay close to him and I choose to be his vessel. Hallelujah. Some Christians still doubt that God wants his people to live in abundant overflow. Others aren't sure that it's really for them. But the truth is, if he'll do it for any member of his family, then he'll do it for every member. Amen. Be it unto thee as thou hast believed. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 says, Now you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Notice he wants us to know what has been freely given to us by God. To know means to become fully aware. It means to be uh, acquainted with. And furthermore, it means to accept it. Jesus once declared God's word is truth. He also declared, and you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, that's why we need to stay close to the truth. Amen. Don't let CNN form your opinions. Don't let CNN dictate your future, nor your destiny. Amen. God has it all under control. Amen. God never intended for you and I to just barely get by. Why would the God of abundance want all of his people to just barely get by? Amen. He wants us to experience abundant overflow. Jesus said in the 10th chapter of John, verse 10, you're all familiar with it. The thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the Amplified says, in abundance to the full and until it overflows. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus came for is that we might have life, enjoy life to the full, and until it overflows. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to be in the overflow. Psalm 115, verse 14, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen all the increase that's coming my way. Hallelujah. This year has been a year of increase for me. It's been a year of increase for the ministry. But I haven't seen all the increase that God has in store. And neither have you. Deuteronomy twenty-eight eleven says, And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. The Amplified says, The Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. And once again, what's it for? So that your needs are met, you can get involved in the needs of others, and you can help finance this great move of God. Can you say amen? amen. Proverbs ten twenty two: the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The message translation says, God's blessing makes life rich. And a rich life would imply that you are not bound, you are not restricted, and you have no limitations. Hallelujah. That sounds like abundant overflow. Can you say amen? amen? Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 from the message translation. Test me and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Another translation says, I will throw open the floodgates and pour out so much blessing." That there will be, there will not be room enough to receive it. The Lamsa translation says that I will pour out so much that you will surely shout, it's enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Has anybody shouted it's enough yet? Then apparently you got room for more. Can you say amen? These are promises to the tither, praise God. So, 
God wants us to experience abundant overflow. And then Psalm 65 verse 4 from the Passion Translation. How blessed is the one you choose and bring near to you. He will be satisfied with your goodness. And once again, the message translation says, Blessed are the chosen. We expect our fill of good things in your presence. Hallelujah. Fill of good things. Now, the key to all of this, obviously, you need to know what God's Word says. I've endeavored to share a portion of it with you this morning. But the real key to all this is Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25. The Passion Translation says, Generosity brings prosperity. Generosity brings prosperity. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. That sounds like abundant overflow. Amen. Someone asked me just a few days ago while I was out in California, Brother Jerry, why do you think you've been experiencing supernatural increase all year? I said, well, I can answer that without any hesitation. I'm a sower. I've been sowing ever since I came to the Lord. Come February, it'd be 52 years ago. And it looks like to me, all my harvest is coming up in a single season. Hallelujah. All my harvest is coming up in a single season. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't ever stop sowing. Don't ever stop sowing. In fact, as you enter into abundant overflow, increase your sowing. Amen. Don't, don't expect overflow and keep giving the same amount you've been giving. That's not honoring God. That's not honoring God for what he's done. Amen. So don't ever stop sowing. And as it increases, so should your sowing. Generosity brings prosperity. And those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you receive it, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Excuse my voice today. I've prayed so much in the spirit yesterday. My voice got a little tired. But I'm recovering. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, if you will. And I want you to lay hands on the person next to you. And just allow yourself to be a conduit for the blessing of God and the power of God flowing into that other person's life. Don't pray for yourself right now. Just allow yourself to become a vessel that the power of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God might flow into the person that you are joining together with. And now just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. 
Put a little volume to it. Pray loud, pray bold. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Ora madam bromo contombreni sindola macata. Or sabra bacata manatiste. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, may your power, may your blessing, may your favor flow from one to the other. And may we all leave this place today with the joy of the Lord in our hearts, knowing that in spite of what we see taking place in the natural, there are greater things taking place in the Spirit. Even though negative things are happening around us, positive things are happening in the world of the Spirit. And if we will just stay in faith, And keep trusting God. We are about to enter into a new era that we have never experienced before. So in Jesus' name, I decree as the priest and the prophet of this service right now that it shall surely come to every person within the sound of my voice. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Keep God first. Don't be moved. Allow what the Spirit of God is saying to be first and foremost in your life. And you'll see it'll happen to you. It'll happen to me. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for it. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. You receive that? Give the Lord another shout. Praise God. Hallelujah.